0: Hey, everybody. What's going on? Jeremy here. Just want to first say a quick happy Thanksgiving to everyone joining us here in November of 2021. Uh, I know we've had an erratic schedule, which is going to be my second note, but just want to start it off by saying happy Thanksgiving to everyone who might be listening to us over the holidays here. As I mentioned, we are going to be a little bit erratic with our upload schedule for the next few weeks. Uh, That comes from, of course, the holidays, uh, coinciding with the same time I am putting together the 50th episode extravaganza, figuring out what that looks like. And they're just also figuring out where we go from here. Uh, I kind of consider these the end of a season quote unquote on the babysitters book club podcast. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure what the next season is going to look like. So uh, please do bear with me as I make that, uh, make that plan. Final thing I want to say is just uh, in this podcast with Julia, who did a fantastic job. There are a couple of audio interruptions. I think our connection was not very good on my end. So there will be a couple times where uh, Julie might dip or drop in and out. I, I did my best to sort of like remove those in the editing. You all know how much I love editing, uh, but I did try to cut those out. But I, but I do apologize if you run into those as you're listening to the episode. Uh, finally, I guess I'll just take this opportunity that I don't, Try to do often to just say if you could give us a rating in your favorite podcast platform. Uh, just let let them know why you like us. Give us a star rating. Maybe write a quick review. Uh, that would be fantastic to me. That's all I want for the holidays. All right. Otherwise, thank you all so much for listening. Like I said, have a great Thanksgiving season. And I will turn it over to my conversation with Julia. <laughs> Here we go again with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club, and this time it's book 43, Stacy's Mortality, and I am very <laughs> excited to be joined here today by Babysitter's Book Club all-star, Julia Chrysler. Hi, Julia. It's me.
1: Hi. Hi, it's great hi. to see you again.
0: Yes, you know, only good friends can say to each other, hi, it's me, and they'll know who it is.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll call each other up and make our plans. <laughs> like Claudia and Stacy.
0: That's exactly right. Do you mind if I call you Boonsie for the rest of the podcast?
1: I, I have trouble even pronouncing that word. I I don't know how someone says that naturally, Boonsie. Yeah,
0: Boonsie? There's, a, there's a lot of... um like, a uh, consonants going on there. Yeah. Boonsie, like, it's, right in the middle.
1: It's way too much. My boyfriend has a dog named Bootsy. I think that's a little bit e- easier, but Bootsy is just too much for me.
0: Sure, drop the N, keep the T. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Mr. McGill got Bootsy from <laughs> for Stacy McGill.
1: I was expecting an explanation. They never gave any.
0: I wonder if that came up in another book and I'm just being a bad podcaster not remembering. That could be. It's it seems very... like
1: she's of tension for her.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's very possible. I'm I'm not exactly sure. Uh Julia, we're we're coming up on Thanksgiving here. We might actually this might be the quickest turnaround. I might just go ahead and release this on Thanksgiving. Uh what are you planning to do for this week? Do you have anything fun going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Gonna be going and visiting some family on Thursday and then some more family on Saturday. And um Unfortunately, if you do release it early, my family will probably be listening to it during dinner and making fun of me. Fortunately, so will fortunately wonderful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they're gonna have to do the full Julia Chrysler journey where they listen to your first episode, they listen mm-hmm. to the 25th episode spectacular, and then they listen to this. It's a three-part affair.
1: Okay, all right. I yeah. think I think we can make dinner go a full three parts. We can have the appetizer, then the main course, and of course the desserts. <sighs>
0: Yeah. Julie, do you like Thanksgiving? I know, like, let's set aside all the political and social issues. Uh, (laughs) Just the act of getting together with family at the end of November. Is that a thing that you're into?
1: Yeah. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, actually. It's a holiday based around food, and that really excites me. Yeah, Um, I I love cooking. I love baking. I have a a group Google Doc with my mom and my brother on it. And so we've all been making our menu and kind of planning out who's... So that's on my list tonight, right after this podcast, I got to call my mom, finalize the shopping list, and then I'm going to be cooking for three days straight.
0: Well, uh, I was going to say like, what's on the menu, but now that I know that you're, you're so intensely involved, uh, walk me through things. What's going on?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, we we got all the munchies to begin with, you know, the cheese platters, the nuts, the, like all of the pickled things, the pickled eggs and the pickled vegetables and the onions and all those and the cold cuts. Um, And then for the main meals, you know, we've got green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing. Um, I make glazed carrots, which are super yummy. I love it. Uh, Yeah, there's there's so much. And then the desserts, it's an entire page just of dessert.
0: Okay, well, if you can just send me the uh, (laughs) address, the address offline, I I would love to swing by. Uh, That sounds wonderful. Yeah, that sounds really, really good.
1: Uh, how about you for Thanksgiving?
0: Yeah. So we, uh, you, Jillian and I, another all star, uh, Jillian Tempesta and I, we alternate which parent we visit for each Thanksgiving. Um, so this is the Tempesta family Thanksgiving. Um, I have made some pear liqueur. I've been steeping <laughs> some pears and spices in very cheap vodka for a couple months now. Um, and this is where it's a sort of months. You got to get started early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother very famously would do this for like 20 years. Uh, and then you would, it's very special. You open the pair liqueur. It's like syrup. It's so delicious. Uh, <laughs> mine is much more just like a flavored vodka after two months, but you know, it still gets the job done. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to bring some of that. I just brought some bottles of wine. Uh, the Tempestas are a very traditional Italian family. So the main event is really lunch. It's just like a cold cut spread. And
1: mm-hmm. when I say
0: spread, I mean like there's no room at the table. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, ham, prosciutto, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want, cheeses, breads, <laughs> olives, artichoke hearts, um, all this really, really amazing stuff. Um so that's what I'm looking forward to. And then two hours later, they make a turkey and some mashed potatoes, and it's like, well, how am I supposed to eat this? Um, <laughs> but that's that's what we're going to be doing. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: That sounds wonderful. And you can bring some of that pear liqueur with you when you swing by for dessert at my place.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Definitely. I, I have a couple. I have a couple bottles of that. You make it in a big like that so it's uh i'll definitely be doing that and i have some cranberry (laughs) liqueur actually steeping for christmas right now so
1: okay i'll bring you
0: some of that too thank you yeah Yeah, absolutely. Well, Julia, given that it's Thanksgiving week, given mm-hmm. that I know for us academics we're in the throes of the quarter here mm-hmm. at UC Santa Barbara for teaching, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here and, and chat a little bit about this book, which we were both saying a little bit off, off air was not that exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always have time for the Babysitter's Club. It's nice to leave academia and kind of be in the real world for a bit um, and just just enjoy a children's novel. But but yes, this book was a little lacking in the excitement department.
0: Yeah, I don't know between Marianne's bad luck mystery and Stacey's emergency if there's ever been a steeper (laughs) drop-off. Just in terms of like like investment and buy-in and plot. Uh, Because I felt the same way you did, I think
1: Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree I'm glad you introduced me to the series With the bad luck mystery Because that was kind of like fast paced And so many things going on If you gave this book to me first I might not be here for a third time
0: Sure. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. You want to be the all star you are. Uh, Julia, just as one more matter of business before we get started, uh, I did look up your previous episode that makes you such an all star here. Uh, I believe you are currently number nine on the leaderboard of downloads for Babysitters Club books uh, as I come up on my 50th episode. So that's pretty impressive. And you're really, you're within like two downloads of number seven. So uh, it's a real horse race when you get to that area.
1: Okay, um, excellent. I'm going to I'm gonna spend all night just re-downloading it so I can boost my numbers. I
0: mean, I think that's that's a smart strategy. I don't know how many people have done that before, but I think it makes a lot of sense. And I'll just say again, like the first three episodes obviously have like giant numbers because they're the first three. Everyone starts there. So like if you sort of remove the first three from the equation... That like, that's even better. You're right there in the conversation.
1: Today, see if I can pump this one up. We'll make this the most (laughs) exciting podcast ever.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, So yes, let's, let's jump into this. So yeah, this was about uh, Stacey's emergency. Um, And we, this is another thing that we sort of talked about. Is this a book that we need to go chronologically through? Or do you feel like we could go sort of thematically? Because there's not a lot that happens.
1: Yeah, I think we can sum up the plot in about two sentences and then go chronic or go thematically. I think, and honestly, thematically, there's really only two or three themes going on.
0: Sure. Even the B plot is uh, like Charlotte Johansson learns about mortality as well um, mm-hmm. and it, and is scared about it, which I guess is a thing everyone faces Um, yeah, this has been, uh, uh, Julie, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I've, I've mentioned this often on the podcast. This has been maybe the slowest burn in Babysitter's Club history, where maybe the, like, 10 books before this, maybe even 15, there has been a mention every time, you know how in Chapter 3, they always go through, like, here are the members of the Babysitter's Club, Jessie's a dancer, Mm -hmm. she's Black, uh, Mallory's a writer, uh, Claudia's almond-shaped eyes. We go through that every single time. Yes. And what they've been saying for like the last ten books, uh, Stacy has diabetes. She manages it really well, but but recently she she's not been feeling well. They've mm. been saying it for at least ten books, and I've just been waiting for the hammer to drop, and now here <laughs> it is. Stacy's emergency. I guess maybe I could. Yeah. Let's start with your general thoughts. What did you think overall about? Stacy's emergency what's going on with Stacy this sort of like diabetic I don't even know what you call it flashpoint that puts her in the hospital here
1: this book is trying to do a lot um I think I might be frozen
0: yeah, I think I lost you there. Okay, uh, luckily for us, <laughs> I lear- back? No, I've learned how to edit. Luckily for us, so oh uh, wonderful.
1: Okay, great.
0: I can take that part out. Hold on. Yeah, I I did lose you for a second there. Sure. Um, let me, let me, let me make a note in my little notebook to cut this <laughs> part out. Uh, uh, do you mind? I didn't hear a single thing you said after I started stop talking. Okay. Um, yeah. I
1: will say it again. I think, okay. So give enough space. So you can chop it. Yeah,
0: Put the space in. So I think my question was like, what did you think in general? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, whenever you're ready.
1: Yeah. I think that this book is doing and I like the direction the book is going in I think it's tackling some really difficult and important topics for children you know the idea of mortality as you've mentioned um that's a hard topic to approach as as the you know the issue with Charlotte she's not really um able to comprehend the idea and is struggling with it um and also just illness in general you know um what happens when I as a child am sick? What if I need to go to the hospital? And I think that this is it's it's nice to kind of give that perspective as from a child who is also sick. I think that a lot of children who might be going through similar issues could relate to this well. And so it's nice to have that kind of, um, you know, a multi multi vocal approach here in the story that it's not just all perfect, girls living in Connecticut, living their perfect lives, you know, and the only problem is maybe their boyfriend breaks up with them. But I feel like they could have gone a lot farther with an illness. It is kind of glossed over at the end. And I think especially with Charlotte, I think they could have sat down and had a much deeper conversation about that reality.
0: Yeah, I think it's Overall, I felt like the book was trying to serve two masters. Where, uh, this was the book where, like, okay, let's finally pay off the fact that Stacy's not been feeling well lately. Um, but then let's also confront Stacy's feelings about her parents' divorce. Um, and I just felt like both of those things were sort of like jerry rigged into the same book in a way where, like, they didn't really cut. Con- connect like there there was really no like stacy's illness didn't serve as a flashpoint necessarily for her parents it seemed like stacy's illness just sort of let us get a peek into business as usual uh for stacy's parent parents and then also like stacy's parents issue didn't necessarily cause uh the illness With Stacey, because as I've said, that has been done to death over the last 10 to 12 books. So I think it would have been more powerful if it was something like the stress of dealing with her parents' divorce, sort of like um, exacerbated the illness that she was dealing with. Uh, But I I just, I, I never like particularly saw. Um, the connection between those two things. So it just sort of felt like a real like weird random grab bag of Stacey McGill uh, relevant relevancy. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I agree that they, they could have done much more with each of those plots. Um, And I, I do appreciate the ending where, you know, that the parents are still fighting and even with this illness going on, It was business as usual because I think for so many children going through a divorce like this, they, you know, there's that imaginative play. There's that fantasy of, well, if something happens, my parents will get back together. Can I do something, you know, to fix this situation with each other and everything will be back together and it'll be a Disney movie. Um, But that's not the reality that it's not going to change anything. Um, And I, the one thing that disappointed me with that particular part of the plot is when Stacy tells them off, then she feels bad and apologizes. And there isn't really that moment of like, no, you had every right to tell them off, they were behaving terribly, and you were the only adult in the room. Um, So that that did kind of bother me that I do think children do have a right to tell off their parents in that kind of a circumstance. And I think that would have been an interesting dynamic also of when when you have that agency and that voice in the family, you're not just a child who is never allowed to, to voice in a-
0: Yeah, this was not a good book for Mr. and Mrs. McGill. Mr. and <laughs> no. Ms. McGill, I should say. Uh, yeah, they come off as just like the worst people, I think, in this book. And yeah, like as you as you were saying that, I was thinking, wouldn't this book be so much more interesting if the idea was um St- stacy almost it's a lot darker for sure but stacy almost like like i am going to injure myself sort of uh intentionally to get my parents to have to take care of me um mm-hmm. and I know that that's not like something we want to promote and that's like obviously like it comes from a place of real darkness of real like I need to injure myself in order to get these two people I care about to come together but I think it would have made more sense uh for Stacy that like oh if I just like uh, binge myself on fudge and get sick then maybe my parents will have to come together to take care of me and I think it would have made sense from like a 13 year old perspective
1: yeah. Or at least to have just perhaps given her that kind of a thought to say, like, maybe, sure. maybe I'm doing this, you know, and, and she's really not. There's really, you know, issues going on in her body. She has no control over. But yet yeah, to, to acknowledge those kind of fantasies and thoughts that I agree, you know, most 13 year olds going through this are probably going to have at some point. Um, and Charlotte is basically going through that also. Like she's she's trying to develop some kind of disease in front of her in inside of herself in order to get attention. You know, she's lost her friend. And no, none of the adults are really discussing that with her. And so this is how she's acting out to get that attention, because she wants someone to sit down and talk to her about disease and illness.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I I was gonna call this uh, Charlotte's Mortality, but then I realized I needed the babysitter name in the in the title for consistency. Um, yeah, o- like obviously, uh, I don't know if you know this. Longtime listeners of the Babysitters Club uh, Babysitters Book Club podcast will know my father is a type one diabetic. Uh, he's been a diabetic since he was, I think, six or seven, very very young. Um, so so he sort of dealt with this. Uh, where am I going with this? Oh, so one of the things that my father has talked to me about when we've discussed Stacy, and that I think I have criticized my father about, he's very hard on Stacy. Um, mm-hmm. he's very much like, you know, I remember when I was 13 and I was a diabetic, I was not in a place to to caregive for another person's child. And he was mm-hmm. saying it's very much sort of like an optimistic fantasy that a 13-year-old with this sort of level of type 1 diabetes would be just sort of uh, given this level of trust. Uh, because no matter how responsible they are, no matter sort of like what they're doing to take care of themselves, they are 13 years old and they're dealing with like a chronic illness that is sort of going to affect them. So my dad is always saying like, it's very irresponsible that Stacy is able to babysit for children. Um, and yeah. I sort of, I, 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 sorry, just one more thing, Julia. Sure, I, no I, I just sort of feel like the point that my dad, I think was trying to make was, um, Stacy is let off the hook. In a lot of cases, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, oh, she, she works really hard. So she's not like other diabetics. She's a cool diabetic, <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to sort of like put it in that frame. Yeah. And I, well, I fe- glamorize the disease. Exactly. And I felt that in this book where there is sort of this like subplot of Stacy. She's like stealing, like, like I really, she craves sugar. You know, I don't know what that's like, but from, from that sort of illness, she craves sugar and chocolate she is picking up all these things um she's eating them when she's not supposed to be um and then at the very end of the book she sort of like has that moment where she comes clean she's like oh I've I've (laughs) been eating like a lot of sugar and chocolate that I shouldn't have been and then it it's it's washed away very easily
1: she's like oh "Oh, uh, yeah Yeah. that's fine (laughs) It, it
0: didn't have anything to do with that uh, it, it has nothing to do with that. And yeah, like to, to the point, I didn't really understand what my dad was saying about this sort of like letting her off scot free, <laughs> Scott being my dad's name. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> that th- th- Then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's just mm-hmm. the like you were doing your best, but my dad was always saying like, they're really not presenting it like in in that sort of way. So um, I don't know if I have, if I have a question at the end of that, but I that really like resonated with me where we really let Stacy off at the end. Like, oh, everything I, did was fine. It didn't have anything to do with that.
1: I completely agree. And well I don't think Stacy should be held accountable because she is a 13 year old child Sure, um, sure. and and putting that kind of burden to manage this disease on your own at 13 is, is ridiculous. Right. Um, there were several times when I thought, where are her parents? Why is her mom not home when she knows her daughter is feeling ill and has this severe form of illness? Why is she allowed on a train for four hours on her own to a city? You know, when, when these things are going on, um, And I, I've, I've recently been diagnosed with type one diabetes myself. So I've been struggling with, you know, pushing away the chocolate with saying no to the sweets and trying to have a healthier diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when I read that, that's that uh, ending. Yes. Where she says, Oh, I've been eating all these things. And they go, Oh, that's okay. That didn't affect anything. The message I got was so I can eat fudge. It'll be fine.
0: Right. Right. Can I do that? Your impulses are fine. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, And that was so, like, I couldn't believe, like, I, to pull back the curtain a little bit, I sent you this book, uh, just, I'm going in order, I sort of have my, like, Excel spreadsheet of my guests and my books, and I just sort of (laughs) match them up very randomly, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like, I had sent you this book, like, probably a month ago, and then you sent me the text that uh, this suddenly was very relevant to you, is that right?
1: Yeah, I got this book in the mailbox about a day after I got my diagnosis. So I was like, all right, I guess this this is the universe telling me it's time to, you know, accept it and just move on with my life and and be healthy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's so weird. I I don't know, like, what other word to use for that. Like, what a what a strange coincidence
1: Honestly, I'll say I got more stress from reading about all of her mounting deadlines on schoolwork that she's <laughs> ignoring. That's what really hit me in my heart as a grad student. I didn't want to read anything about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Grad school is really like more stressful than most uh, sort of medical diagnoses. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's so sad, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Well, uh, Julie, I just, I just want to say, like, I, I'm so sorry to, to hear about that, but I'm, I'm glad that you're sort of like in the place where you can figure out how, how to deal with that moving forward. And at least you're now, you know, not a 13 year old or a seven year old here. You're, you're older and you sort of can understand what's going on. So um, we're all wishing you well, I'm sure.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm... yeah. I'm, I've had a few years to think about illness and death, so I'm definitely in a better place than a child. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My dad has told me stories about um, having type 1 diabetes like in the 1960s. Uh, when they needed to boil their glass syringes uh, every single day to give wow. them shots and I just I, I can't imagine how much farther medicine has come uh, since then so uh, hopefully everything is okay and and uh, we're all here with you.
1: Yeah well and that's the exciting part just to think how far things have come since then you know mm-hmm. thinking what's going to happen in the next 30 years. So exactly I'm, I'm excited for that whatever annoying things I'm gonna have to do in the present I know in the future it's gonna get better and better
0: exactly yeah yeah that's a great attitude cool um yeah so I mean I yeah I don't I don't know if we need to go sort of like point by point uh one of the things uh, here we go that I thought was interesting about this diagnosis um Stacy is told that she is either a severe or brittle diabetic. <sighs> Is that something that you had heard? Or is that uh, we don't probably say that anymore? Right? I've
1: never heard of that before. Um, I'm I'm still new to the disease. I'm still learning about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have no idea what that means.
0: Yeah, I think it just means like uh like maybe I, I like I, I was trying to think like what adjective we might use in 2021. Um besides severe or brittle and i was thinking maybe just like advanced sort of like severe i just i just felt like or uh, severe is one that they said so i think severe kind of makes sense but like brittle seems like really really rough to me
1: you you cut out for me
0: yeah i was just saying that brittle <laughs> seems like a really severe word uh, to use medically. And I was trying to think of like what other word we might use here in 2021.
1: I did just Google it quickly and it it is apparently a thing.
0: Oh, still, still today.
1: Well, I mean, according to whatever comes up on Google.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just hard to control diabetes. Of course. Yeah, I feel like that's. I don't, know. perhaps and, they do diagnose it that way. I'm not sure.
0: And I had like, again, my entire life, my father has had diabetes and I, I had never heard of that term. So that's, mm-hmm. whenever that comes up, I sort of feel uh, like, you know, maybe, maybe not fairly, but I sort of feel like, oh, I've never heard that term. So it can't be real, but uh, maybe <laughs> that is like a real term. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Julie, have you ever read the Dancing Cats of Apple Sap?
1: I have not, but I want to now because that sounds amazing. Also, The Dachshunds of Mama Island. Yes, please.
0: There were like three or four different like book titles uh, across Stacey's Emergency that I wrote down. Yeah, the the Dashens one. There was one more (laughs) too at the end that I didn't write down. Um, Yeah, Charlotte really gets all the good books.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. We read, um, based on the Babysitter's Club, we bought uh, Cricket in Times Square, the children's book. Uh, okay. Jillian and I, and it's like a fun children's book that we've been like reading together. I know right. that's dorky that we're reading like a children's book together, but no, a lot of fun.
1: That's adorable. <laughs> More people should be doing that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe to, to just sort of like pull back full picture here in this book, what did you think about the the photo of the babysitters club and the members that you got in this book versus the last time you checked in with them in Marianne's Bad Mystery? Did anything change? Did it all Feel pretty similar to you.
1: Um, I think it was lazier writing this time around. I feel like we did not get, and not, we did we got far less description of each of the characters this time. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody mentioned Claudia's crazy clothes at all. Although perhaps it's just Marianne really being really uncomfortable with her crazy clothes. I wonder
0: if in a Stacy book it's more. And I think we're, I'm doing a lot of work for the ghostwriter here, but I wonder if in a Stacy book Stacy's so trendy as well. She just says, like, you know, Claudia's cool. And then we like sort yeah. of accept that.
1: That that could be. Also perhaps because it's book 43, they feel like they don't need as much description at this point. If you're reading this book, you're already familiar with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like all of the descriptions were extremely vapid this time as well. It was it was really only about what they look like. Um there there was so little character development in this book.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting to the point, as, as I think I mentioned to you earlier, and as I think I, I might have said, we're in the ghostwriter era, so I, I really need to be doing a better job of sort of monitoring which books are ghostwritten and which ones aren't. Um, I, I'm going to assume this was a ghostwriter, and I'm going to assume that this ghostwriter wanted nothing to do with Jesse or Mallory, because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they are immediately just like, well, oh, they can't visit New York. Uh, we have nothing for them to do. No Jesse and Mallory. They're making cootie catchers. That's all we're going to say about them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, What do you think about Mr. Let's talk a little bit about the McGills, I think. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Because, yeah, I was stunned by the way that they sort of like reacted with each other. Obviously, they're going through a divorce. Seems like it's a little bit messy um, by the fact that they're trying to check up on each other uh, over the phone but to bring your 13-year-old daughter in in that way and to make it even where you can't, like, sit by her bedside when she is sick, um, that felt really, like, intense to me that Mr. and Mrs. Ms. McGill couldn't sort of, like, put their differences aside enough to sit by their daughter's, like, hospital bed. I don't know. What did you get from that?
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think it's it's completely common and normal for divorced parents to put their children in the middle like that and try and use them to convey messages or check up. It's, it's not excusable at all, but I think a lot of children will relate with that feeling. Um, but I I think that, yes, at, at that point when their child is so ill, she's in the hospital for a full week, which is insanely long to be in the hospital. And then they can't just sit in silence, or just sit and focus on their daughter for 10 minutes. Um, and then again, that's why I said Stacy has every right to tell them off at that point. And, and I think they they got off in the book. They, they got yeah. an excuse for that behavior instead of them realizing that they cannot behave that way. They chose <laughs> to have a child together, they need to keep it together.
0: Yeah, and I think the book, correct me if I'm wrong, the book sort of ends in the middle of this, like, most important part, right, where she, like, in the very final chapter has a conversation with her mother, she, she says, I don't want to be the monkey anymore, mm-hmm. you, you play me like monkey in the middle, I'm not going to do that, and then she's like, alright, time to go call my dad, like, uh, closing credits, Yes. Uh, like, oh, yes. sh- shouldn't this have been, like, more important to the book than it was?
1: <laughs> yes, that should have been the middle of the book, where finally there's a plot point. Yeah. There's there's a, yeah, the, there's a conflict. Now there's a resolution. Now things can happen. Uh, yeah, I agree. That should have been a highlight of her taking that agency in her life.
0: Yeah, and there's also, like, that moment where they're in the, like, Stacy. Stacy, this this poor 13-year-old girl uh, who is in the hospital, is, like, begging them, like, please, can can you just visit me at the same time? Like, can we watch TV together? That's all she wants. Uh, and they get in this fight where her dad is like, well, if I can't work, I can't have the insurance to keep uh, Stacy in the hospital. Like, like uh, th- there's a lot of darkness going on, I think, in the McGill family that you would think they would at least be able to put aside for their only child. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm speaking as like a, uh, that's crazy to say that I'm like a 30 year old optimistic single person, (laughs) but like, I can't imagine even if I like end up absolutely hating Jillian one day, like our only child, I would not like come to the hospital for that. That makes me sad.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That that their petty differences and feelings are more important to them than their daughter's health.
0: Yeah. Uh, that bummed me out. That bummed me out a lot. This yes. wasn't like a bummer of a book.
1: It really was. In and it's not ways. really a positive resolution. I mean, she's, she's still sick, which is the reality, you know, and they do kind of mention that she did. She's never going to be all well. Right. Um, but yeah, and her parents are still... Future for Stacy, she's definitely Moving out at 18
0: Yeah I mean I don't blame her I don't, I don't blame her one bit Um yeah she's uh, uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about Charlotte Johansson I know we already touched on her A <laughs> sure. bit so yeah Char, Charjo yeah. uh our favorite She is uh Being babysat by Stacy in the First chapter which I feel like is rare That they're in a babysitting job in the first chapter Um And uh Uh, Over the course of the book, uh, Charlotte is going to sort of like learn about um, Stacey's illness, uh, not before getting really good at memory. Have you ever played memory, Julia?
1: Uh, Yes, I enjoy it very much. You're good at it? I enjoy it. (laughs) I don't know if I'm good (laughs) at it.
0: (laughs) We've watched a lot of classic concentration on uh, the game show network recently, uh, where they sort of play memory, it's it's a weird show. I think Alex Trebek hosts it, a very young Alex Trebek. Oh, it's weird. All
1: right, I'll have to check that out.
0: It's a strange show. They like uncover the pieces, and they're all like prizes. It's like a diamond necklace, <laughs> a diamond set, and then you win that. It's it's a it's a very strange show. Um, yes, but she Charlotte is going to learn about what's going on with Stacey. Stacey being in the hospital. She's going to feel very um, strange about this, which I think is fair for like uh, I think nine. She's eight or nine um, dealing with this. And she's going to decide she, uh, basically she's going to turn into a hypochondriac as her as her parents uh, say. And she's going to decide she has all these illnesses as well. She's in bed every night at 730, which sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then the rest of the babysitters are going to have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, very dismissive by her parents, by the way. Oh, she's just, you know, in severe mental and emotional turmoil over her friend's potential death. Yeah. So we're just going to go out and enjoy ourselves on a date, have the babysitter come in and deal with the trauma that's... Frozen again.
0: Yeah, I, I lost you for a second there. Uh, okay. I don't know how much we got. Say that maybe one more time real quick.
1: Oh, gosh, I remember what I said. What was the question? <laughs>
0: It was about how Charlotte's parents, including her mother, the doctor, uh, are not super interested in dealing with uh, Charlotte's
1: anxieties. It's so dismissive of it. They're going on dates all night, hiring babysitters when their daughter is, you know, going through all of this trauma and anxiety. Her her best friend, you know, they say she's almost sisters with this girl, is potentially dying and yeah. this child is obviously terrified, freaking out, and instead of sitting down and dealing with this, this this woman who is a freaking doctor yeah. is just going out to enjoy her date nights. That's
0: I lost a lot of respect for Dr. uh Johansson here in Stacy's Emergency.
1: Not it's like the parents from the It movies where like they all just pretend nothing's happening. Everybody's just enjoying their lives, not noticing their children or going through horrible traumas
0: yeah uh what did you think of the scene i guess we could talk about it later the scene depicted on the cover uh which i think is uh, a little bit misleading for the rest of the book but the scene depicted on the cover state of stacy's emergency where she is baking the fudge mm-hmm. with becca and charlotte what did you think about this scene
1: well, I'm going to compare this to the cover for the last book we read, The Bad Luck Mystery. Oh, um, right. And if, if I recall, <laughs> that cover for the first one was very lacking in excitement. Yep. I think she was just like sitting with her backpack or something. There was nothing to tell you what's going on. No,
0: it was the kid that like fell down the stairs. I think it was Jackie Rudowski. Oh, was that it? And yeah. she was like helping him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, Mary had a lot of bad luck. So yeah. it was similarly. It had nothing to do with the a plot. The cover mm-hmm. of that book. That's funny.
1: Yeah, but I, I think that this cover does at least get closer to what's going on. You know, we see Stacy, who's this gorgeous twenty year old model, yeah, reaching for <laughs> for some fudge and and looking. You know that she's got this gorgeous halo around her. She looks terrified. She's reaching for the forbidden fruit. This is yeah. very biblical. Oh, what's going on?
0: Three-point um, lighting, we would call this in film media yeah. studies.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, the kitchen is a mess, which is is a bit misleading. They do make a small mess in the book, but it looks like there's been an explosion. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and then the girls, you know, enjoying themselves. So it does, it does represent at least a scene in the story that has some relation to it. I don't know. I mean, they could have put her in the hospital bed, but that does spoil the plot a little bit.
0: It's also a bit of a downer, I think. I, if I had to put myself in the head of the, like, production of this book, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what's this book about? Uh, like, a 13-year-old girl goes to the hospital. Like, okay, well, we're, <laughs> we're like, we're trying to sell this at the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. Um, let's me like, what else happens in the book? And I feel like maybe the fifth or sixth thing they came up with was, like, uh, she makes fudge. <laughs> like, uh, oh like perfect print moving on uh and you know what
1: it works because i saw this cover and i was like oh that looks awesome i love fudge i love baking this yeah they got so you fun. they got and then you I, the first page is diabetes and i go well fuck all right
0: <laughs> they make it seem like her emergency is gonna be like oh these little kids like uh they <laughs> made the kitchen messy yeah we uh, ran
1: out of sugar gotta go to the store yeah
0: the babysitters <laughs> club here is really trading on their like brand as being about babysitting in a way that mm-hmm. is bordering now on deceitful i think
1: yes very uh, little babysitting happens in this story the, practically none
0: yeah it's getting rough. Julie, I am, I'm finding myself also reaching sort of an existential crisis here. <laughs> uh, maybe we should save that for the end. But okay. just as, <laughs> as I reach uh, here, this is the end of my second quote unquote season. Congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you so much. But we're moving into the 50th episode extravaganza. And I just, I, I feel like, I feel like we're sort of out of the, like the bi- the big books, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're moving into all these, like, little weird niches, and I just, I wonder where I'm going to go from here. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about it later at the end, I guess.
1: We need to start Nancy Drews.
0: Well, the thing that then keeps me up at night is that I don't even think I'm, like, a third of the way through the original series of Babysitter's Club. Sure. We are about to start The Mysteries, which is maybe <gasps> the one thing keeping me going.
1: Yes, we yeah. definitely need more mysteries in our life. That's what I was hoping was going to happen in the hospital is Stacy would be getting up to some crazy business. You know, maybe she would solve some mystery. Maybe she would see some spooky person and have to figure it out. Maybe she would talk to other kids in the hospital and get into something. And she sits in a bed for a week.
0: And this would have been the perfect book to go with a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I believe the first mystery is actually a Stacy book, Stacy and the Missing Ring. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just wonder, like, th- this book felt to me just, like, so, s- like, slipshod, is that the word? Uh, <laughs> they just, they just threw everything together. It's like, well, yes. we, I guess we've been sort of, like, teasing, uh, Stacey's diabetes for a while. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess we need to do that. And I just wonder, I wonder if I'm over the hump of the great Babysitter's Club books, And I wonder if for the next 80 of these things, (laughs) just two years of my life, uh, if it's all downhill from here. So I don't know. Well,
1: I'm, I'm sure there are a few gems still ahead.
0: I don't know. All right. I guess we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. Yeah, I um, did. I
1: did write as a note as I was. I was reading it though that the editor called. I think this is one of those books that someone had a deadline. They weren't meeting, yeah. and they needed to just get something out into it's, their editor. I,
0: I I can't help but feel that we've reached that point, point. and mm-hmm. it's really discouraging for me because I I I love the sort of. Um, like, I love the passion that people have for the Babysitter's Club. And I think that I have that too. And I love, like, you know, the Netflix show. And there it's such a resurgence. And, you know, it's it's the women working together. And it's the 80s. And it's babysitting. <laughs> and I just, I wonder if all these things that I love are now in the rearview mirror. And I wonder if now I'm entering the phase of, this is a business arrangement. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will buy Babysitter's Club number whatever. Uh, I wonder if the mystery series is sort of like the, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the dying gasps of a franchise, (laughs) like, well, what if they had mysteries? I guess we'll throw those in. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm getting a little discouraged. I have to be honest. I don't want to depress the listener, but I feel like, (laughs) I feel like that's where I'm at right now.
1: I have been curious about the little sisters books. Yeah, are those are those for smaller children? What's the deal with those?
0: So I think they are designed. I mean, ugh, do you want my real answer or do you want my cynical answer? I think the cynical answer is that they are designed to keep and recruit more people that are younger mm-hmm. into this franchise. I see. But they're about, Christy's little sister Karen, and like the adventures she gets up to, mm. um, and and I I wonder. I've sort of like that's a boundary that I set myself on the first day. Like I'm not doing the little scissors, uh, I see. but I uh, I know like my own little sister had some of those when she was growing up. Mm-hmm. She wasn't super into them, but uh, like I, I I just sort of feel like it's it's a business now. The Babysitters Club. Like we have our little sisters like feeder program. Now we're gonna get <laughs> some uh, mysteries to get those people in. We're mm-hmm. still gonna do a super special every now and then. And we're just going to keep cranking these things out where nothing happens. And I, I'm getting frustrated, Julia. <laughs> I'm so
1: sorry. Well, I hope something happens in the next one. What is it? The next one's the big sleepover, right?
0: Yes, the big sleepover. And I have a very exciting guest for the big sleepover, Julia. Ooh. Already booked. I'll tell you off air because I don't want to spoil it.
1: Okay, uh, I'm but excited. I, I do <laughs> have
0: like, I'm going to be very nervous. I'm going to be on pins and needles all day. But I do have a very exciting guest. <laughs> for that one already booked um okay well let's let's finish up with this book before i rant more about this um what about stacy being way behind at school uh because that that's another big plot point where she's on the train she's trying to do work and she accidentally falls asleep and then she feels guilty about it Mm -hmm. Um, the schoolwork is sort of getting getting to her what did what did you make of this
1: i think it's a very relatable experience, I think everyone goes through that moment where they're behind in their work, especially children that age, you know, this is your the bridge between middle school and high school, although I'm not sure how many high schoolers are reading the books. Um, You know, that's something I relate to that that was the thing that was giving me the most stress and anxiety and frustration reading about someone else's mounting schoolwork. Um, it, It felt like really nothing went on with the schoolwork that could have, they could have developed that plot point more. Um, I don't, I don't really have that much to say because really nothing happened with it.
0: I thought it was uh, exactly like, exactly like to follow up with your point. I felt like it was the most interesting part of the book. And it was the part that was like, what if Stacy had to tell her parents, like I am behind in my schoolwork. Like, mm. I need to not go, uh, to, to, well, we can talk about the places Mr. McGill wants to take her in a second, but <laughs> like, uh, look, like, I thought that that it was again, something that just Stacey is let off the hook for, right? Like yeah. it's fine that you're eating fudge secretly in your bedroom by yourself. It's fine <laughs> that you're behind on your schoolwork. Um, lazy, lazy is what I call that. <laughs>
1: Well, I was wondering if at the end they were going to suggest that she's going to perhaps be held back a grade or something, you know, has it gotten to the point where she's not able to complete this mountain of work, Um, but it's, it all, it all ends happily in a lemonade party.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which would be super interesting, because if I'm thinking ahead to my vague memories of this series, I believe this is something Claudia is going to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, We're just, you know, not because of extenuating circumstances, but because Claudia is a little bit um, behind the rest of her class. Mm-hmm. They sort of like offer Claudia will stay behind a grade. And I think t- like that would be super interesting if Stacy was like right there with her for these sort of health reasons. Yeah. That
1: would have actually been an interesting story. The two of them struggling. That's an experience that a lot of kids have, and it's not really talked about much.
0: Being held back or being behind in studying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Claudia obviously has some kind of learning disability, probably dyslexia or something. stacy has got these health issues, um, and that does affect your ability to work. You're not always going to be at the same level as your peers. And that's a really, really difficult social issue that I think a book addressing that would be really good for a lot of kids to be able to read.
0: Oh, this could be a multi-part arc. And there could be like a book Mm -hmm. where they even get in a fight, right? Like Stacy says something insensitive, like, well... It's because I'm sick. What's your excuse? And then like they sort of have to like deal like that is the content that I feel like we're looking for in a young adult sort of like series.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, That would be there's that's okay. Let's write our own babysitter club. No,
0: I am I'm excited we just came up with this, (laughs) but it makes me even more angry about the actual series that we had to come up with that and that it wasn't in the books.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it would be some tension, but it's no more tension than what her parents are, are giving her. Yeah. And it would be so much more interesting.
0: Uh, Julia, have you ever been to New York City? I have. Okay. Uh, often or just like one time? Just a few times. Not yeah. often. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I'm actually going myself in April for the first time ever. Oh,
1: exciting.
0: Yeah. What do you recommend? What was your experience like?
1: Well, I'm a total nerd, so I always just go to the museums. Um, and I love them, and I'm really excited. I'm, I'm hoping to go back this summer and go to um, some of the medieval museums out there.
0: All right, that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the <laughs> so MoMA? I don't know if
1: I could recommend anything exciting for anyone else.
0: The MoMA, have you been there?
1: I have not.
0: Okay, Lane hates it, is what I heard.
1: Okay, it's the modern art, right.
0: Yeah, Museum of Modern Art. I think.
1: Yeah, that sounds awful.
0: Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I believe my most at the point this comes out, my most recent episode um, is actually going to be with this fantastic woman that I uh, did some undergraduate study with. Her name is Jennifer Condis. She is a fundraiser, and she is writing a book on the MoMA. Um, so she actually she's all about the MoMA. And I thought about her when I read that Lane Cummings hates the MoMA. I thought, <laughs> Oh, no, poor Jennifer is going to have to uh, hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> so what about uh, Stacey McGill's Mr. McGill? He's going to take her to sign of the dove and the Russian tea room while she's in mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I've never heard of sign of the dove. I have heard of the Russian tea room. Um, but I've never eaten it either.
0: Well, the Russian Tea Room, I had heard of as well. It's like the fanciest place in New York, right? Yeah. That's like, a, you're spending like $1,000 there for dinner, I think.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: I would guess. Maybe her
1: dad doesn't need to work so much.
0: I did look up Sign of the Dove, Julia. It, it uh-huh. does seem like it was very similar to a Russian Tea Room. I found a really cruel New York Times article about how a woman from the New Yorker faked her experience at the Sign of the Dove. <laughs> In order to, like, write an article about it. Um, it's nice. interesting to Google. It's closed now. The Sign of the Dove is gone. Sure. Um, but you should Google it. There's some, like, really interesting articles about, like, okay. New York High Society and how they present Sign nice. of the Dove.
1: Nice. Was it, like, the 80s place to be?
0: It's one of. It's, it's a guy that was a dentist who turned into a restaurateur and he opened Sign of the Dove.
1: Okay, but All it right. sounds
0: like it was uh, like a like a ritzy spot to go. I really liked how much of a fool Marianne made of herself in this scene when they were <laughs> talking about those. Julie, she I...
1: wants them to to steal celebrities' food. Yes, I hate
0: Marianne, Julia. <laughs> I've I've it's it's in it's in concrete now. I was trying to be like cool about it, but I hate Marianne. Forever. Yeah,
1: is she, is it just because she's so much more? Youthful than the others and hasn't hasn't really he, matured to the I same th- level, I or think, is she just a weirdo?
0: I think youthful is a very polite term to use <laughs> for Marianne. She is a rube. Uh, she's <laughs> a rube. a, she, is a uh, she wants them to steal table scraps <laughs> from celebrities' plates. Yes, bring her back. Yes, you you tell me something good about Marianne, and then I'll and then I'll tell you. Uh, then I'll tell you if I like her. There's nothing <laughs> good about Marianne. I'm over. It. I'm <laughs> over. It. Yeah. Um. But then, And then there's just like a lot of talk. Uh, also in this chapter, I, I know we're not going chronologically necessarily, but um, another thing throughout the book is a lot of talk from, um, Stacy about the thirst, uh, needing to yes. drink water as as being a thing with diabetes. Was that something that you experienced recently when you sort of like went through that process?
1: So I am a medical anomaly and I had absolutely zero symptoms. I was just in the doctor for a regular checkup and they just, you know, checked my blood and found out that I was severely diabetic and needed to be on medication immediately because Mm. like I was in, I was in danger zones. Um, and yeah, the doctors don't know why I felt totally fine otherwise. Um, so I have not experienced those, but I have been learning more about what some of those signs and symptoms are so that I can be aware of my body. Um, and I know that I need to be drinking more water, uh, as one issue because dehydration is a concern with, with diabetes, but I, I can't speak much to the symptoms for whatever reason.
0: I see. Yeah. And is that, uh, and you know, cut me off if I'm getting too personal, is that like a, an insulin uh, regimen that you're on, or is there blood sugar checking like, like Stacy, or is it something different?
1: So I will need to do blood sugar checking. I will likely need to do insulin because it is the, um, it is the, the antibody form. So it's, it's an autoimmune issue where your body just creates antibodies that attack your pancreas and it, and it basically just can't do its job. Um, I also have Hashimoto's which, which is an antibody, um, or an autoimmune disorder where your body creates antibodies against your thyroid. And so likely the two are connected and my body just loves eating its own organs. Um, So I'm awaiting to see the specialist to find out exactly what I need of what right now. I'm just taking metformin, which is just a pill twice a day. Um, But likely I will need the insulin because I think all type one diabetics, if I'm, if I'm correct, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the difference between type one and type two is you need insulin with type one.
0: Right. I'm just, and again, I'm just my only experience with this is my dad who has been, you know, regular insulin sort of injections uh, mm-hmm. every day for his life. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 where I'm coming from on that. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I'll let you know when I see my specialist. It's, of course, holidays now. So it takes extra right. long to see someone.
0: The worst time of the year to have to do anything with another yes. human being. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely keep us posted, Julia. We want to make sure everything's going good there. Um, what about uh Stacy's experience in the hospital? And this is maybe where um I might be able to say a little bit more because I, I was in the hospital myself for more than I would have liked uh back, yeah, uh, like a few years ago in 2017. Um, but Stacy's going to talk a lot about her experience in the hospital. Um, she says they're very impersonal places. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? Do you have any experience being in the hospital, Julia? Again, I know these are all downer questions, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay if book. you want to say no. Yeah, yeah. That's.
1: Um, I'm very fortunate that I've not had to have any overnight stays in the hospital. Um, I have relatives who have, so I've gone and visited for extended periods of time. But I myself have not, fortunately, because they are terrible places to be.
0: Yeah. So. I can't remember if I've told this story in full on the podcast before, but yeah, in, in like 2017, there was a period um, early in the year, I guess like March or April where I was in the hospital for like three weeks, um, but they weren't consecutive. It was like, I was there for a week. Mm -hmm. They let me go like two weeks later. I had to go back for about a week Again, they let me go. And then it was like another two weeks. So it was like over like three months or two months or whatever. I was in the hospital for three weeks and it was a terrible experience. Um, And I do feel like I have learned a lot about that. Uh, I feel like the next time I need to go to a hospital, I know a lot more about sort of how to handle that. Um, cause I feel like, you know, if you've never been in the hospital before, it's just sort of like, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. Like, let me just sort of like go along to get along in the hospital. But, um, I kind of wish I'd stood up for myself a little bit more being in yes. the hospital.
1: Yes. People need advocates for them when they're in the hospital, because it's so difficult to, to stand up to doctors and nurses and all these people who are really just ignoring you and saying, I know you better than you do. Here's what we're going to do for your health. And, and you do need someone that's going to help you advocate for yourself and to let them know, you know, what's going on, what your symptoms are. Um, They often won't pay attention or check what other medications you're on. And then they make mix ups and you have to question everything. You have to ask what everything is going on. And you do need that confidence to stand up and challenge doctors. And it's really difficult to do.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I said this, Well, that was all, it was a lung issue that I was um, sort of in the um, in the hospital for back then in 2017, which is why I still cough a lot, which is weird now in the era of COVID. Uh, I, I like whenever mm-hmm. anyone like looks and be funny, I have to be like, no, it's a chronic lung issue. Like I had it, <laughs> I had it long before uh, <laughs> the COVID. Um, but yeah, it, it, um, it, it's really interesting. And then I actually, there were another few days that I had to spend in the hospital in like late 2019, again, before COVID, mm-hmm. um, uh, based on like pneumonia, basically if I get any sort of like a lung issue, um, it's, it's, it's not good news for me. Um, mm. hospitals are strange places. And I feel like I learned a lot about that. Um, w- the first time those three weeks I was describing early on, I was in the Santa Barbara, cottage health whatever it's like a state-of-the-art hospital uh you know cutting edge everything is super like uh you know all about the patient experience and whatever and then the second time I was in my hometown of Placerville which Mm -hmm. is like a, a 1970s hospital that hasn't been upgraded and it was just really interesting for me to see the differences the positives and the negatives to both hospitals. So like the cutting edge hospital, the food was obviously better. The food was like being in a resort. It was like, they give you the menu every morning and it's like, you dial them on the phone and you're like, I want this for breakfast and this for lunch and this for dinner. Um, and it's super, like the food is all really good. But, uh, and you know, the, the Placerville hospital is like, uh, here's your, like, you know, your slop, your frozen Salisbury steak. Yeah. Like, however, the cutting edge hospital was like, you have to keep all of these, uh sort of monitors on you at all times and you can't move mm-hmm. them ever uh that'll ruin our metrics or whatever which is the worst because then it's really hard to sleep but then the plaster hospital they're like yeah it's fine you know wear whatever you want we don't have to hook you up at any time uh so <laughs> it was really interesting to just see the difference within like two years of the, di- of the two different hospitals um so i know i'm sort of ranting about this but hospitals suck overall Um, and I just, I, I'm glad that I have sort of more of the autonomy now and more of the confidence going forward. Mm -hmm. And it's, it sucks to say like, if I'm ever in the hospital again, uh, but if I'm ever in the hospital again, I feel like I am a lot more confident and just like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm not going to do. And here's how I'm sort of going to handle that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you have any, do you have any cubes of wisdom you can share with us?
0: So I do feel like the first time I was in the hospital, I really let it be the like, I'm sick, take care of me, you know? And like, of course I wasn't feeling well, but... I, you know, I did the like, you know, uh, like wear your robe all day. Um, mm-hmm. Don't push back when they make you wear like a heart monitor on your chest for no reason 24 hours a day. Um, and, and like, I sort of wish I had just been like, get, like getting up and like sitting in a chair and like, here's what I'm going to do, which I was proud of Stacy for doing in this book, where she's like, mm-hmm. every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to wash my face and, you know, get dressed and do my schoolwork. I feel like they, if it's your first time in the hospital, you sort of, re- it's easy for you to revert to that, like, I'm sick mode, right? Where you just kind of, like, cocoon, and and you don't really, like, want to do anything, and you just take their their advice. But um, I, I definitely think, like, if I was to go back, and I know, it, like, it, it sounds harsh to say, like, I would be harsher with the nurses and the doctors. <laughs> but, like, I would be a little bit, like, I would be a little bit more, like, here's what I want to do. You give me the information about like my own schedule. Let's work together. I think I'd be a little bit more proactive, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that's that's important for everyone to be able to do.
0: Right. And, you know, obviously a lot of people in the hospital don't have that luxury. Right. And I like certainly there were days where I was just like, on my ass there was nothing I was going to be able to do uh Mm -hmm. but I I do feel like when it's an extended stay you know if you're there for two or three days enjoy it lie down whatever (laughs) if it's an extended stay if it's more than a few days I think you you do sort of want to begin to take control of your own schedule because I I I don't think that they will always help you with that in the way that they should
1: absolutely I mean as Stacy mentions every time she starts to go to sleep someone else walks in and pokes or makes noise Right. Um, Last time my mom stayed at the hospital, she said she she was convinced that there was a nurse whose only job was to hold a box of spoons, (laughs) and every fifteen minutes she would drop one spoon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like too as well. Um, like feeling out your nurses. I don't know, like how to put this into medical advice, Mm -hmm. but I. I think I was in a good spot. Like, I don't know how to say this as well. I was in a good spot that I was like a young man. I was 27 Mm in a ward that I think was filled with a lot of people over 60 and probably over 70. And I think like, again, I I don't like my privilege, my youth privilege here. A lot of the nurses I think felt good dealing with me because Mm -hmm. I was sort of like their their own age. I wasn't just like complaining and yelling all the time. I was sort of like more their contemporary And the nurses can really be your cohort, your uh, conspirator, I think, your co-conspirator is what I meant to say. Uh, Mm. Because I remember, like, one time I was like, oh, I would really like to, like, sleep a lot tonight, which you would think would just be like a general thing they would do in a hospital. Um, But just saying that to a nurse, she was like, okay, like, I'll make sure to, like, close the door and turn off the light. So that we won't bother you until the next morning. Um, And I think if you're able to sort of like build that relationship with the nurse or the person that checks in on you more regularly, I think that that can be like kind of like a hospital hack uh, to at least be communicative with them and let them know like what you're looking for. Um, And like, yeah, there like came a point after I'd been there for a week where I was like, okay, today I'm going to do this and this and this. And they were like, great, we're going to help you do that. You know? Uh, so I, th- I think that that's, uh, I think you got to like, sort of like bring them in as a conspirator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's my only advice.
1: I think it's uh, really important advice. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to take that with me.
0: I hate the hot, like I hate hospitals after that experience. So yeah. yeah. I can if,
1: imagine. Julia.
0: if you're ever in the hospital, God forbid, if any of our listeners ever go to the hospital, God forbid, send me a, send me a DM on Twitter. I'll, I'll be right there with all my advice. yeah so like I'm not I'm not sure exactly what else is left I mean uh the the babysitters they're gonna come visit Mm Stacy which I thought was nice uh Julia can I confess something I'm a little embarrassed about sure I didn't realize New York City was only two hours away from the fictional Stony Brook Connecticut I thought it was further
1: Okay, the time this is this is something that bothered me because the timeline here doesn't fit. Cause I think at one point in the book she says it's about like a four hour train ride. And she's arriving at New York at six, which means she's leaving at two and she's getting there half hour at early, so at 130. So she's getting out of school at one in the afternoon on a Friday. Maybe, maybe they have half days on Friday, but that kind of was confusing to me. And yeah, the girls can go to New York and back in the same day for that's an eight hour train ride. It's possible, but I can't see parents saying, yeah, do that. That's a great idea. I think that they just fudge the time to make it work and hope that the children didn't sit there and do the math because it does not math.
0: Yeah, I this is me being like a real California boy over here. (laughs) You you're you've always been like a West Coast person, right? Is that true? Yeah. Okay. If I pull up Google Maps right now, mm-hmm. which I'm going to do, what do you think is the time to get from the furthest part of Connecticut to New York City?
1: Six hours.
0: See, you, okay. Is it that far? See, I don't know. I don't know. That, I don't know. What... I'm
1: just guessing. Okay,
0: hold on. I'm going to pull up Connecticut on the Google I know Maps. that people
1: do live in Connecticut and work in New York, but I feel like it's a certain part of Connecticut.
0: Can I, tell you I don't something? know
1: how big Connecticut is I sound very uneducated right now
0: Let me tell you something else very embarrassing I didn't know Connecticut was north of New York Until like this year uh, <laughs> Reading the Babysitter's Club Alright so I'm looking at a map Of Connecticut uh, Let me see what about Thompson Connecticut that's like right up Near the top Right So let's put in Thompson Thompson Connecticut okay You with me on this, Julia? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this is. Are we doing by car or by rail?
0: Oh well, let's see. This is this is riveting uh, podcasting. Thompson gonna (laughs) get to New York, New York, New York. Okay, let's see. So by car, it's three hours.
1: Oh, that's nothing.
0: And they live. We know they live on the coast, so it can't be more than two hours away by car to get to New York City. Uh, maybe by train it's faster or slower. I don't know. I just didn't realize it was so close. I was thinking, is of, I was thinking of New York as like six hours away from Connecticut, which mm-hmm. is my own like West Coast idiocy.
1: Sure. Well, because California is so big, we always assume, I mean, come on, there are parts of LA that it takes more than two hours to get to and you're still in the same city.
0: Yeah, Julie, I didn't realize they're as close to New York City as we are to Los Angeles in Santa Barbara. That made me so mad when I found that out for some reason. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear you guys bitch about this anymore. It's like I go to L.A. once a month. It's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that
1: makes it even more silly that her mother didn't drive down that night to the to the hospital because Mr. McGill was saying, oh, you're a being a crazy, emotional woman. You couldn't possibly drive at night. What what the fuck is that
0: about? Was that your read on that?
1: Yes, that absolutely was. That misogynistic prick.
0: Well, knowing like what a-holes they are about their own child later, I (laughs) sort of like am inclined to believe you on that front.
1: Yeah. What happened? I something I want to know what caused this divorce.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the books would have you believe that it's he's a workaholic, right? That's like sort of what her whole thing is, is like he works too much. Mm hmm. Yeah, do you think there's something else going on?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always. Was it they're saying like five things have to go wrong before a plane crashes? There's, there's, there's never one problem.
0: <laughs> Who says that? Pilots. Oh, I've never heard that before. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because there's so many safety measures going on it's not like one thing fails and then the, the plane drops out of mm. the air there have to be so many things that go wrong i
0: think the mcgills were in like a little prop plane from the beginning i think you're thinking of like a 747 <laughs>
1: that that could be maybe they were a shotgun marriage in the first place
0: oh <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah uh okay can i give you another like few quick hits here from this book
1: yeah please do uh
0: what old woody allen movie do you think she watched with her mom
1: <laughs> i was wondering that too i hate woody allen so yeah. i'm just i can't imagine in the hospital i would rather have the tv off than watch one of his <laughs> movies but i i don't know what do you think
0: um julia i like woody allen i'm embarrassed okay. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> what that's fine that's fine i know you're not supposed to say that anymore uh what have you have you ever seen a woody allen movie
1: I've seen about ten minutes of a few of them, and I can't stand it anymore, and I turn it
0: off. You don't like it, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and I know I I watched the uh, Alan versus Pharaoh HBO special, uh, so I get okay. it. I get why I- people. You know, I
1: have, I, it's not even about his personal life because I like lots of artists whose personal lives are awful and I can separate them as a person from them as their work. Well, that's, Uh, I just, I just don't get his humor.
0: That's crazy to me because I'm used to defending him on the personal level, but like, like promoting the the art itself. You're not like uh, Annie Hall. You're not into. No. Oh, you should give Manny Hall a shot. Julia.
1: Okay. Oh, well, I tried it once. I, you know, when it comes to movies, I, I like, I don't like to have to think a lot. I feel like I think too much in my profession. Fair. And so when I spend my time enjoying myself, I want to see explosions and fart jokes. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> so Woody Allen might not be for you then. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um let's see what else or oh, ross brown was asking about stacy julia
1: yeah i know oh my goodness another boy
0: yeah i've boy... never
1: heard of ross brown before but i yes, don't think i, I have either Stacy's boy crazy
0: she is boy she's been called that before <laughs>
1: and have marianne and logan broken up at this point yes or they, still they, together? they okay. broke up
0: very recently okay yeah okay. logan got the f out of there good for him yeah um why uh, and and we all know how I feel about Marianne, so uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. All right, uh, I'm, I'm vamping for time while Julia might still be frozen. Uh, what else do I have here in my notes? Okay, uh, I'm back. That's great. How about uh, <laughs> we're gonna see how the recording goes. Uh, Alan Gray got suspended for uh, setting off a cherry bomb, Julia.
1: And you know what? I would have rather read a novel about that event than what this novel was about.
0: <laughs> and Cokie Mason's Nose Job. Yeah. All the
1: okay. Okay. Stuff, I all wrote the two comments in this entire book and that's one of them is the Nose Job. I'm on that page right now ready.
0: Yeah. There should have been a book about Alan Gray and the Cherry Bomb and Cokie Mason <laughs> and the Nose Job.
1: <laughs> I it just... And it's accepted as fact. Like they're just totally accepting that a 13 year old girl is getting a nose job in the eighties.
0: Yeah. That was wild it, to me.
1: I mean, I, I, I was thinking at first that there was going to be, you know, there was going to be some inner thought from Stacy, you know, we'll see. Maybe it's just, you know, crazy gossip, but it's just accepted as fact. No,
0: They're like, Oh yeah, of course. Of course she got a nose job. Oh yeah. yeah your so- old friend, Koki Mason. I forgot you dealt with her before.
1: Yeah, I defended her. I said the babysitters club girls are bullying Cokie. Koki is the one who's the victim here. These girls are stone cold bitches. And they're stone cold bitches again here with this nose job thing because they are just happily normalizing gossip rumors and bullying. This girl is not even there. And these are these are the kind of cruel rumors that destroy little girls. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of women out there that have experienced something like this in middle school or high school where all of the girls started sp- Aha! Uh-huh. Poor Cokie, she's such an awful woman. This mm. is disgusting. I wish I could write Anne Martin a letter and tell her off for this. How dare she! You also, are- the other, the other, the audacity line <laughs> here is on page nineteen, okay. where Mal writes, "She's she's so pretty." But she's got glasses, and that makes her so ugly, and we're so mad at her parents for not letting her get contacts. But oh well, someday she'll be able to be pretty when she gets rid of her glasses. Wait a the minute. audacity.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not what it says.
1: That's what it says.
0: <laughs> Wait, uh, for Mallory?
1: Her braces are, her, mouse parents will not let her wear contacts instead of glasses.
0: Yeah. But uh, they don't say she's not pretty because of that, Julia.
1: Mal's not feeling too pretty at the moment. She's also got glasses and braces. Yeah. Well, that's not... That is that is suggesting that her glasses do not make her pretty, and there's no hope for her glasses getting off because her parents aren't letting her, but there's hope because she got her ears pierced uh, and her but, braces are clear. But, so the but, others are better, but her glasses are still a problem. That's how I read it. But that.
0: that's how Mallory feels. They're not assigning that judgment to Mallory.
1: <sighs> that's how Stacy perceives it, because we're not getting Mallory's voice. <laughs> Oh, Stacy lo- thinks her glasses are ugly.
0: I love talking to you about the uh, Julia, you got to check this out this
1: book. This book gave me so many body images, <laughs> image issues.
0: Uh, Julia, are you familiar at all? And I don't know why you would be with Christie's mystery admirer.
1: Admirer, and yes. Christie is the one who's not boy crazy at all, correct? Like well,
0: except for Bart, but she's
1: she's too much of a tight ass for boys.
0: Yeah, but you've not read that book, am I right about that? I have not. So, Julia, I should have had you on for Christie's Mystery Admirer. Okay. It was the spiritual sequel to Marianne's Bad Luck Mystery. Amazing. Where, okay, I, I'm going to describe the plot to you real quick. Are you ready?
1: Oh, I'm so ready. So,
0: Christy, this is like a, it's another Halloween book. It's <gasps> one year later, even though they're all still in the same grade. Sure. Um, and uh, Christy is, she's been seeing this guy, Bart. Okay. Who... Uh, runs a softball team that, that she, uh, like she is in, in rivalry with, but then they like hold hands and walk home and it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then someone starts sending Christy mystery notes, Julia. Uh, and at first they're like, uh, Christy, you're so cute. I wish I could date you. Uh, Christy, you're so pretty. I love you. And, and, but then Julia, the notes turn into like, uh, Christy, I'm going to get you uh christy you're you think you're so cool i'm gonna kill you uh Jesus, these are then, really
1: dark for a and children's then book.
0: someone sends christy a, a note full of like toenails like clipped toenails <laughs> and there's a note like uh christy this is all that's gonna be all that's left of you when i'm done with you <laughs> holy um, fuck yeah julia Can you think of anyone that might be sending anonymous mystery notes to Christy in order to mess with her?
1: Oh, Cokie?
0: Yes, it's Cokie again! (laughs) It's the same thing! Where Cokie, like, sends her the same thing. She's just
1: messing with each girl in a row.
0: No. And she's like, well, I wanted to get revenge for last Halloween. Like that's the whole (laughs) book is like, I needed revenge for the last time that this happened.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe I wouldn't sympathize with Koki so much. (laughs) If I'd read that book, that sounds pretty bad. And I believe
0: Um, it's even a stupider, like, because the way I think we talked about, right. That how do they catch, they catch Koki in a graveyard, right?
1: Yes, they set up this whole like ghost. It's a sting. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it's. So when Christy's mystery admirer, I will never get over this. Koki just shows up to one of the softball games that Christy's having for no reason, which she's never done before. She confronts Christy for no reason. And then she accidentally says one of the phrases that was in the note that she sent to Christy. And Christy's like, aha, it was you. And he's like, oh, it was me. And then she like runs away. It's the, it's the stupidest book. It's it's like uh, Marianne's, uh, Marianne's bad luck mystery, but so much dumber. Uh, you should listen to that episode, Julia, because I really like rant and rave about it in the real okay. time. Yeah. That
1: sounds exciting. I'm going to I'm going to look for that one. I, I have
0: that episode out with my good friend uh, Kimberly Beeman, so you should check that one out.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's excellent excellent driving material so I can have a nice listen while I'm
0: going to school. Yeah. It's the sequel to the one that we did essentially. Uh Christie's Mystery Admirer Yeah.
1: Perfect. All right. I need to get a better read on Koki before I declare her the victim, but I still I still maintain that the babysitter girls are far more bullying then their, their little perfect personas would lead us to believe. Well, we, talk, we and
0: I'm excited to hear what you have to say about what I said in that episode. Because I, I talked about that, that the babysitters are like, we're going to tell everybody you like sent us notes. I'm like, I think they're going to side with Koki because you guys are kind of like weird goody goodies that uh, like, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to be on Koki's side. Uh, <laughs> but this is, inter- this is an interesting theory that Koki didn't actually get a nose job and they're just being mean.
1: Yeah. Oh, did you think she really did get one?
0: You never know with Koki. doesn't she? Isn't it a thing where she gets permission to leave school for a perm? That came up in a book.
1: I haven't heard that. Her mom but that's writes a, her a note. large leap from a perm to a nose job. Yeah, I don't know how easy it is to get plastic surgery, but I feel like first of all, it's got to be hard to find a doctor willing to do it on a thirteen-year-old,
0: right? And is she? I, I, as a as a thirty one year old man, I want to stay away from this. Is she like pubescent or pre pubescent? Feel like you don't really want to be doing plastic surgery pre puberty.
1: Yeah, or even during puberty. I mean, your body's changing so much. You have you have no idea really what your body is right. going to end up at.
0: Right. No good. No good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially for elective. I mean, if it's something that's necessary, it's necessary, but sure, a nose sure. job is most definitely elective. Unless she broke her nose and it's it's reconstructive, perhaps mm. she had a serious medical issue happen and they're glossing over it.
0: Yeah, like a Marcia Brady type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I only have one more note. I liked, uh, it, and it's just making fun of Marianne. Um, there was that final chapter where, like, I guess Charlotte's problem is dealt with uh, when she hears that Stacy's gonna be fine, is that
1: the end? <laughs> yeah, all of her trauma, all of her freaking out, all of her obvious mental anguish, all gone. Yeah. Everything's fine. We don't need to address.
0: Yeah, that's fine. And it's in that second to last chapter. Uh, there's two moments that I thought were funny. Actually, there's a couple moments. Oh, uh, there was a moment that I forgot about when they all call Stacy in the hospital. And Christy's comment is that she hopes Stacey gets well soon because Dawn is not a very good treasurer. That made yeah. me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like when Stacy narrating the phone rings when Marianne is babysitting for Charlotte. She says, Marianne feels funny about entering any adult's room. That felt like shade to me uh Mm -hmm. like uh she feels funny about entering uh dr johansson's room actually she feels funny about entering there's like parentheses actually any (laughs) adult's room it's like yeah marianne sucks Uh, i mean
1: i i feel that way too i don't like entering someone's personal bedroom
0: sure because that's their
1: own space
0: i liked that stacy like took the time in the parentheses not to just be like she, she didn't say like, we babysitters try not to mm-hmm. enter. She was like, yeah, Marianne. Yeah. Like too much of that. a baby to like <laughs> know about, uh, know about that. Uh,
1: That's true. Maybe there's a deep, a deep, uh, deep dive analysis we can do in, in terms of the naivety of Marianne right there. I'll
0: do it whenever you want. I'll do three <laughs> hours on why I hate Marianne. Uh, and then, I,
1: I don't think, I don't think she's Stacy's favorite either. I right? Stacy really does not like Marianne at she's, all.
0: She's no one's favorite. Um, (laughs) Stacy is coming home uh, And I like that Charlotte is like Let's have a surprise party Yeah, And Marianne says no She says and I wrote this down A small quiet regular party Maybe And (laughs) That just
1: happens to be a surprise
0: That's like the epitaph on Marianne A small (laughs) quiet regular party Maybe I've never seen so many words in a row That were perfectly described Marianne Small quiet regular maybe
1: and and you you believe that Marianne is sort of the stand-in for Anne
0: Martin, correct? I think that was the original intention and I think it's really gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody likes Marianne. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's my whole thing. Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, I think that that is Stacy's emergency. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to add on this, Julie? I
1: feel like at the end, this author, whoever they are, if it is a ghost author, I need to look
0: that up. I'm doing a bad job on that.
1: They, um, they, I, I feel like there's some kind of deep dive analysis we can also do in terms of this drive home. Because okay. it feels very transitionary, you know. She gets out of the wheelchair, she's in the car, they're driving home, she falls asleep. Um, it actually reminded me have you ever seen the movie Silent Hill?
0: I have not. Too scary. Oh,
1: okay. I mean, it's based on the video game, but basically they're Too they're kind of like, they're out. <laughs> they're in a car accident and they, they wake up and then they're suddenly in like this kind of like spooky place and everything's like ashy, and then they go to this terrifying, horrifying town yeah. and then drive back home. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, silent Hill,
0: home.
1: and um <laughs> yeah it, it you know the video game came out what like 25 yeah. years ago well she
0: does uh, compare this to the yellow brick road in the book that's
1: that's my issue yes yeah. in silent hill they they come back home and it's like something has changed they're like in an alternate dimension now mm-hmm. and they're the the father and husband like doesn't see them you know mm-hmm. are they dead are they in like something's and I feel like that same kind of a feeling that she's crossing into this alternate dimension she's going to Oz she's on the yellow road Mm. um you know she's on Elm Street you know so you automatically think about nightmares and this issue so there's there's this and and is no longer that child and you know seeing her friends that that Mm. she is tired that she doesn't she no longer wants to party with her friends the same way. And she does need to go to bed. And so that's, that's what I felt was going on. Um, perhaps I'm giving the author too much credit compared to the rest of the book. Um, but I'm, I'm going to try and leave it on that kind of a, a, a thought that perhaps there's something else to it.
0: That's interesting. Can I, can I give you one other moment from a previous book, Julia? Sure. The, uh, there is a moment it's it's uh, Stacy's I think it's Stacy in the Stony Brook mystery oh it's it's called something like that Stacy in the mystery of Stony Brook I think <laughs> okay um she is walking with Charlotte Johansson, Stacy and there's this old house that they think is haunted mm-hmm. and she sees the house burst into flames before her eyes and okay. she Freaks out, as, as one would do. Sure. And she turns to Charlotte, and Charlotte is not reacted. And Charlotte's like, this is boring, let's go home. And she, like, looks back, and the house has not burst into flames at all. And Stacy is like, oh, uh, I guess we should just go home. And, like, the whole rest of the book is sort of explaining all the other reasons why we thought the house was haunted. It is not It is not haunted. <laughs> but that particular scene is never explained further. How interesting. The fact that Stacy hallucinated uh, that the house burst into flames before her eyes. So I am, uh, Stacy's on yellow alert for me. I'm watching Stacy very closely. Yeah. For these kinds of. She's a little
1: kooky. She got some more stuff going on in there. That, I, that's very interesting.
0: And these these are all the things that happen in the babysitter's club anymore, Julia, that just make me wonder what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> like, what, is, is this going to go anywhere, or is this just going to be a weird thing that I have to talk about, and then it's it's nothing?
1: <laughs> well, at least something happened in that book.
0: <sighs> I guess so. All right. Uh, Yeah, that was Stacy's emergency. We already talked about the front. Uh, Was there anything in the back of the book, Julia, that you wanted to bring up?
1: Uh, well, they do spoil it in the back of the book where they mention she's in the hospital. So if you had any questions, you know, and that that doesn't happen until halfway through the book. So
0: mm-hmm. oh, it, on the it's... on the on like the back description.
1: Yeah. Are yeah. we talking about somewhere else in the back of the book? No, just I just like meant like all the, the all
0: the back matter, like the preview, the advertisements. Oh, anything else back there about the author? Anything there you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's extreme. It's pretty much the same thing as every other one. Yeah. Um. I, I think that the, the little ad for number 44, Dawn and the Big Sleepover. Yeah. It sounded interesting. It sounded like fun. It sounds like something crazy could happen in a gymnasium sleepover with all of these kids.
0: Yeah. You'll check um, that so, one out.
1: Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. I would perhaps read more.
0: Okay. Um, did you get the ad for the babysitters club postcard book?
1: Postcard book. Let's see. Have I a great
0: time so. with the Babysitters Club.
1: Yeah. I don't have that one. Do you
0: have. Well, what does your cover look like? Did I send you a new one, or did I say? Uh, oh no, you have the same one as me. You would think it would be the same. It's like what two, page is it on? It's like if you if you go to the very back of the book and turn the page once, that's where mine is.
1: Very back of the book. And then it goes straight into about the author. Oh, and
0: see, I have the postcard wow. book ad. I have the babysitter's little sister birthday club <gasps> ad. Oh, and wow. I have the babysitter's club video contest <gasps> ad.
1: I have none of that stuff. Oh,
0: I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. well, <laughs> Yeah. Ju- uh, Julia, I'm going to be doing the babysitter's club postcard book um with my parents on the uh 50th episode extravaganza maybe Ooh. i'll send you maybe i'll send you a postcard
1: <laughs> okay i'll be looking out yeah for look
0: it. out for that okay we'll send we'll send julia a postcard yeah um but i think otherwise i think we did it anything else about the book before we do our sassy game
1: I don't think so. There's really there's yeah. there's no other notes. I'm surprised we managed to talk this long about
0: it I was it. gonna say we we started this out and we were like, we have nothing to say, and then an hour <laughs> and a half later we've uh, <laughs> we've clocked it out. All right, let's go into the sassy game, Julia. I think I think people are gonna enjoy this. Maybe you don't know maybe I'll release this on Thanksgiving so people have something to listen to on Thanksgiving.
1: Perfect. Oh. A nice family show about death.
0: Stacy's emergency. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know how the Sassy Game works, right, Julia? Yes. yes. Okay, here we go. I'm question, ready. How did you do last time? Uh, what was your record on the multiple choices?
1: I think I got one right. One out of two. I think so. I think
0: that's very standard. I think mm-hmm. uh, that's very standard. Okay, question one. Here we go, Julia. Now, uh, Julia, this is a great card that I pulls here. I just want to let you know. I believe we talked a lot about going to a barn the last time you were on, right? Is that right? Because you went some... to a barn. Yeah. If you want trauma, you go to a barn because you did some horse
1: riding. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I go to barns. Yes. yes. I ride horses. Uh, my first degree is in horse science.
0: OK, well, then, Julia, I have the perfect question for you. Are okay. you ready? OK. And I, I don't I don't pull these specifically. These are random. So this is, <laughs> this is great. It's
1: Julia. just the universe talking to me.
0: Julia, there were two million wild horses in America. In the year 1900. Okay. Okay, that's a Well,
1: first of all, first of all, that there's a difference. Feral horses were domesticated and have escaped, but they still contain that domestication gene. That's why you can capture them and tame them. Yeah, And you can ride them. A wild horse does not contain any domesticated gene. There are only wild horses in uh, Mongolia region in Asia. They're called Kraswalski's wild horses. And they can be tamed, but not domesticated. So they're very unsafe to ride. And they are a truly wild animal. So I have problems with that question from the beginning.
0: Are you trying to tell me Sassy Magazine, <laughs> the board game, didn't do their rigorous research? Because I won't hear it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, maybe we just say, given yes, there are two million wild horses in America sure. in 1900. Okay. Sure. Like the SATs. How many are there now, as of 1994 or whatever this is? Okay. Oh gosh. Are there a three million?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: B one million, or C one hundred thousand?
1: There were probably, I would say, three million at that point. I don't know how large the the Bureau of Land Management roundups were at that point. Hmm. I know the number went up significantly during the Great Depression because many people just released their animals, um, and that that significantly changed the genetic stock of the feral horse populations. I'm gonna go with three million.
0: Three million. You want to lock that in? Sure. I'm afraid it went down significantly, Julia. 100,000, according to Sassy Sassy the Game. Yeah.
1: Huh. I'm going to have to look that up. I wonder how many there are now.
0: I wonder if we slaughtered them all in the 80s. I don't know.
1: There were, they have closed the slaughterhouses, but that was a large thing that happened for quite a while. So that could be it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you want me to move on to the next one Or do you need some research time
1: <laughs> It says there's only 82,000 Feral horses in the United States I feel like it's higher than that though But we'll go mm. with what Google says
0: Yeah Alright well you have the chance to match your score here You can sure. redeem yourself Here's the quiz Julia mm-hmm. Rapidly stirring water Whose temperature is just above the freezing point Okay Okay Okay. What will that do? Will it A cause it cause it to water up? I don't know what that means. Cause it to water up.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: B do nothing. Or C cause ice crystals to form within it. So you've got your you've got your water. Yeah. Its temperature is just above the freezing point. Okay. You're gonna rapidly stir it. Will okay. it A cause it to water up? Do nothing or cause ice crystals to form.
1: Okay, so I have seen that trick that people do where they have like very cold water in a water bottle and they smack it on a table and it like turns to ice. Okay. So I'm gonna say form ice crystals, but I feel like rapidly stirring would raise the temperature and not do that, but I think that it's gonna do the ice crystal thing.
0: You wanna lock in C, cause ice crystals.
1: Yes, let's go for no correct answers today.
0: Yeah, no, you got it, C uh it the card says because stirring removes heat heat energy from the liquid and causes it to start to freeze i have never seen this trick julia that you used to answer the question <laughs> tell me more so people have like very cold water yeah and you smack it and it turns you to ice
1: smack it and it turns to ice i've seen people do it i've never done it myself it always looks like magic i'll try to find a youtube video that's amazing it. yeah
0: please please okay that's amazing all right <laughs> Cool. So, uh, one for one, uh, one for two. You, Perfect. You held it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Julia. When someone makes you feel blue. Okay. How do you recover? Do you, A, eat something <laughs> sweet, very appropriate for this book. Do you, B, call a friend or do you see sulk? <laughs> I do all of the above. <laughs> right, so I, I was going
1: to say, why yeah. not all three?
0: <laughs> if you had to choose one, though, eat something sweet, call a friend or sulk. What is your trick for when you feel blue?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I would say, honestly, eat something salty.
0: Oh, yeah. So That's, can that I, would can be I, my thing more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can I change that answer just a little bit? Let's I love still it. go with eating my feelings.
0: You're more of like a savory, salty kind of person.
1: I am. I mean, not. Oh. not I, I still love my sweets. But yeah, like the french fries. That's definitely where it's at.
0: Oh, yeah. I tell Jillian every day because Jillian is a real like she's got a real sweet tooth.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: say uh, I can cut out desserts tomorrow. No problem. Mm-hmm. But like I'm going to miss the like the French fries, the the meats, the the breads. That's yeah. my thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Bread. I love
0: bread so much. Oh, yeah. That was a hard one. Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. That, I, I feel the same as you. All right, so Julia, this is going to be the one where someone wrote in to ask you for advice on a question. Okay. 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 Dear Julia, I just found out my friend who always has the darkest tan now has skin cancer.
1: <laughs> oh, Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, this really
1: is the dark episode. We're
0: keeping, we're keeping it rolling here. Will she die? <laughs> you shouldn't laugh at that
1: (laughs) what kind of question is that
0: somebody wrote in they need your advice I just found out my friend who always has the darkest tan now has skin cancer will she die (laughs) now you have to answer this question about this person's friend
1: sure as a medical professional who's never examined this person I can confidently tell you her
0: her (laughs) mortality risk get the HIPAA Uh, HIPAA records
1: (laughs) um yeah there's a chance she could die Cancer's no joke and skin cancer particularly can be really really dangerous um i'm assuming this is a child who wrote this and their friend is also young which is kind of terrifying also if she has skin cancer that early probably makes her chances even worse in a way um i don't i don't know why children are tanning that's also a concern we should be addressing (laughs) um Uh, And that's something that I've always really been um, against the idea of tanning. I have very pale skin naturally, and I think everyone should accept their skin the way it is, you know, where we are, we don't have perfect skin. We all have blemishes. We all have issues. Some of us are pale, some feel that pressure to change their skin color to tan, Um, I think that pale people should be much more careful about keeping our skin safe in the sun and wearing protection, you know, wearing hats, wearing um, little coats over our our arms, putting on sunscreen, doing what we need to do to keep ourselves safe. Um, So I I think those are issues, but I really am against the tanning industry in general, the idea of bronzers and things like that, um, because they're really just ways to say that your skin is not okay, the color it is, and that you need to change it because you are not attractive how you are. And I don't like that. I think everyone should be attractive and feel comfortable with the skin that they have. Um, so so tanning, I, you know obviously the advice would be to stop tanning, to be happy with the skin that you have. And if you have skin cancer, that's a problem. You need to go to a doctor. You should not be writing into a magazine.
0: Yeah, so Sassy Magazine wrote, melanoma, skin cancer can be treated if it's not too advanced. Your friend's time in the sun was likely the cause for problem. Hopefully she will recover. <laughs> it is best to not, oh, split infinitive, to not stay in the sun without using a sunblocker. So you and Sassy Magazine both really sidestep the question of, is my friend going to die? But I think yeah. you both gave very good advice.
1: I mean, she might die. How else yeah. can I answer that? Like- probably
0: probably so. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, Julia, are you ready for stuff you do? Stuff uh, I do.
1: <laughs> here's what I want you to
0: do. I want you to, to think now of an ice cream flavor and don't say it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just think of it in your head. Pick an ice okay. cream flavor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to describe it to me without using its name and I'm going to try to guess it. Okay. 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 Here we go.
1: It's Whenever green and it's got little dark bits in oh,
0: it. Oh, uh, uh, mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question.
1: I guess I shouldn't have picked something so visual.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know what they wanted on this question. (laughs) Uh, Here's the final question. Everyone's parents have some strong points. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's not the question. That's the setup. Okay. (laughs) I just want to let you know that everyone's parents have some strong points.
1: I've met one or two people in my life that are real floppy.
0: No, everyone's parents have some strong points. Okay. Uh, what do your parents do particularly well? Okay. That's, that's question. interesting.
1: I feel kind of on the spot. Like there's so many different things that you could say, you know, how yeah. to sum it up. Like my yeah. dad is very hardworking. Okay. He's The kind of guy that, um, and my mom is extremely family oriented. Like she's always thinking about everybody else and how to make sure that everybody is taken care of. Um, and she does it very instinctively, you know, it's kind of like just going on in her brain without her even thinking about it. So I think that's one of her strong points. But I feel like that's so unfair to distill people into like just one idea because there's yeah. so many other things going on. People are so dynamic.
0: I think you got to put yourself in the point of view of like you're 13 and a sleepover. <laughs> like all parents suck.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's like All well right.
0: actually like what's the thing that your parent does well yeah. so like i think even the mildest of compliment is like what they're <laughs> looking for here <laughs> okay. which i think you achieved <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> where are your parents pointiest
0: say that again sorry
1: where are your parents pointiest pointiest it said their strongest points.
0: Oh, their strongest points. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, okay, let me think. So, I, I guess I'll start with my mom. My mom is very organized, okay. which I appreciate about her. Um, she is very like, here's what we're gonna do today. Here's the plan. Here's the schedule. And I feel like that's something that I've inherited from her, for better, for better or for worse. Um, Our handwriting looks very similar. Uh, I remember one night she was like uh, up late, like making a shopping list and like a plan for the next day. And I like came out to her with a folder that I had. And I was like, look what you did to me. And I like (laughs) opened the folder and it was like, I had this, it was the same handwriting, like all these like lists and things. Um, So I think that's definitely something my mom does really well. Um, My dad is very creative um, I, I feel like I, that's something that I did not get. I feel like I'm more like my mom in that way that my dad is very sort of like he does. He did theater. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows a lot about like building things and creating things. Um, and that's something that I, that I wish that I had, but I, I don't as much. So, um, I would say that those, those are the like strengths I would give them at least as a 13 year old at a sleepover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I think I might have lost you again for just a second. I'm hoping that that comes back.
1: I'm I'm a back.
0: There we go. I feel okay. Like I'm back. okay. Well, I'm back. Ju- yeah. I can't wait to listen back to this episode and, and edit out any of the dead <laughs> spots. Uh, Julia, th- I think that th- I think we did it. I think that was uh, another successful episode. Awesome. Um, I had a fantastic time talking to you as usual. Yeah. Um, thank you
1: for having yeah. me back. I always enjoy this.
0: Oh, you're. I I can't argue with the numbers. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I go objectively with that. Okay, um, well, I'll
1: have to tell everyone to download this a couple times. So I, I mean, can get invited back again.
0: That's my end game, right? If I can just get each <laughs> guest to do the work for my podcast, then I'm going to be very successful. Yeah, nice. We actually did just pass uh, 7,500 downloads a couple weeks ago. Total. That's amazing. Like total for the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I, int- yeah, I want to hit that 10 grand. Oh, yeah, just in time for you were going to say blowout. exactly. Uh, Julia, what else do you want to promote? Where else can people find you or follow you?
1: I have Uh, nothing. Nothing.
0: Okay, nothing to promote. I guess
1: I should. should, Are we supposed to have digital social footprints as grad students? I feel like the less out of the public light, the better because... I'm sure I'll say something at some point in my life that will be fireable.
0: Canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, is there like a paper that we can read somewhere? If you want to get more like clicks on some of your academic work.
1: Not yet. Hopefully soon, but okay. not yet. Sadly. Fair enough.
0: No, that's fair enough. Uh, well, of course, people can always find us. We are at Babysitters BC as in book club. We are on both Twitter and Instagram that way. And you can always send us an email. Thebabysittersbookclub at gmail.com. The babysitters book club at gmail.com. As we wind into our 50th episode extravaganza, uh, <laughs> which is going to be very exciting.
1: I'm so uh, excited for it. Yeah.
0: And Julia, thank you again for making the time today. I know this is a wild week. Everyone's getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a lot of, especially when you're working academically, a lot of stuff to wrap up. So really appreciate sure. you being here. Uh, I know you've had a wild couple weeks. So just tracking down the book and talking about this nonsense with me means a lot. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it was it was a great little break for me too. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, uh, hang on the line. I'll I'll gossip with you about that other thing. But otherwise, I am going to say thank you so much to everyone for listening to us. Happy Thanksgiving if I do indeed. Well, now I'm committed if I've said that. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to everyone listening when I get this podcast going out. And we will see you all again soon. Take care, everybody.